Hello everybody and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermath podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight we look back on Liverpool's best performance of the season, a 5-1 victory at home to West Ham and I'll call it Old School in the League Cup. I'm Les Lawson, your host, and tonight I'm joined by Tom Keegan, Mike Wilson and Ben Kent Jr. Pete Tenders, apologies tonight, he's not feeling too well. So, Tom, I'll start with I'll start with you. We all had a had a go when we were doing the preview to this game about naming the team, and I don't think any of us got anywhere near, did we? So I did you know? I did. I got Van Dyke. I got Van Dyke, and I got I got Van Dyke, and I got Conze, and I got Joe Gomez, and what's his name? And I got them Curtis and Endo. And I, 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 got the I, didn't, I didn't get what's it called though. I didn't get um I must admit I got Gapco, but I didn't see Nunez starting. I must admit. I did. I predicted that one. Gapco we and did. Nunez. We didn't um, see supposedly I start neither, did no, we? No, not at all. Well, to be fair, I said he should start because he needs to be played into form. So yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to go over that. I'm definitely going to go over and have a re a relook at that. People <laughs> claim it. People claiming things here, which are not, <laughs> not facts. Well, Tom, uh, Tom, Tom I think you might be, uh, you might be quite um, surprised because I, I, I know I'm going to sit and have a, a rerun. Well, anyhow, we're, all like, we're all like strikers. It's my goal, yeah. You know what I mean? Trying to claim a champion, yeah. Well, yeah. to be fair, I just don't want to be, you know, let down by Les and well, say we didn't get it. Want... When to be fair, me and you, Tom, got quite close. We did. I think we did. To be fair. <laughs> just but, because um, Les didn't yeah. get anywhere near it, he just wants Maybe. to throw everyone under the ball. I, I, I had little Gary playing for me under eight. That's why I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> But he, do, do you know what I thought Van Dyke I think gave, gives Kwanzaa the platform to build. You can see, you can see the, the more he plays with Virgil Van Dyke, I think the more he learns, and I, I think he, he's going to be he, he, he's going to be a real real plus for Liverpool this season, yeah. that lad. Yeah. So so yeah, Ben. You know you had the um, you're just saying that you you did predict. To be fair, you know, um, I got probably eight of the start and eleven. So, and you know, to be fair, I think when I heard the team, I must admit I was a little bit surprised that he went maybe as strong as he did. Were you? Were you so pleasantly surprised as well? Yeah, I, I don't know if I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the team, but I was surprised it was stronger than what I thought it was going to be. But. Jürgen likes to do this, especially after a a relatively poor performance, um, to go strong again to make sure that it's not too on the bounce. And like you said earlier, it was our best performance of the season. I was I was a little bit nervous going into the game, um, a bit more so before the team was named, um, thinking that we're playing a good team here, who are a very very good cup team as well. Um, and they're going to be right up for it. But the, the polar opposite was true, wasn't it? Um, Liverpool just absolutely dominated it. And I thought that in terms of the team, um, it was probably stronger than I would have picked. But, you know, that, that's why Jürgen's the manager, isn't it? He? he got it absolutely spot on. Yeah, I mean, Mike, the biggest the biggest worry, I think, that that we all had when we did the, you know, the preview of this game after we chatted about the United game, um, was that 
we were, we were worried about, you know, people getting played and maybe picking up injuries, especially after, you know, we picked we picked up what we what we thought was another injury to Gravenberch, you know, during the United game. You think, you know, you know, we don't want to pick any more injuries up, you know, going into the the Arsenal game. But in a way, it it, it the the fact that he went so strong and it looked as though you know the way. And we'll, we'll we'll get into the game as we go along, but it it looked as though that no matter what the state of game would have been after you know sixty minutes, he would have made the changes he made at that point as well. So, so you could see you could actually see his thinking, couldn't you? It it always feels like he's got a plan, doesn't it? I mean, I I, I in these type of competitions, um. When you get to as close as we are to, to to potentially a final, he tends to go slightly stronger, and and I, and I think um, I, I think he looked at the United game and thought, you know, we we have to do something. We can't we can't have that kind of malaise of a game as it was, and then put out a, a lesser team and potentially, you know. Get, I think Ben said the same thing, get into the habit of, 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 of not playing well. I think he just wanted to shock him out of it. I thought it was a master stroke playing Nunes on the left um, uh, rather than... Because you'd have expected Gakpo to play on the left when you read, when you read that strike force. But actually, Gakpo played better where he was and Nunes kind of was free of the I've got to be the man in the box scoring all the time and was actually just I'm going to roast this quite slow right back that uh, uh, West Ham I've got. I thought that was a master stroke. Um, yeah, I, I, I was quite pleased with that team, to be honest. And, and he still managed to rest, for the most part, Trent and Mo, didn't he? So. Yeah. So, Tom, we started off you know, with, a, with a really good tempo again. You know, creating creating a couple of uh, chances that you know didn't quite didn't quite sort of go in, um, and it was a really encouraging start again. It was, do you know what it was? It was it felt different, didn't it? There was, you know, there was movements. Although there was, although we started with the same type of tempo, with with you know, the fast tempo, which we I think we need to start against Arsenal as well. But I think the the difference with this. There was we had players where we talked about the other day. There was no runners into the box, you know. There was nobody breaking forward, breaking the lines. This was the opposite. We had lots of players breaking the lines. You had, you know, Elliot, who I thought, who I thought, Curtis was was breaking the lines, and like he speeded his game up, you know, like and I, and I just thought, and I think that impetus give Subosley. The freedom to sort of start playing his natural game again, and right away within you know like a couple of minutes, you could see that Sabozlay was on his game. It just, it just, you know, like he just turned, and uh, whilst we'll go on to the goal in a minute, but when we start talking about the goals, but like it just the whole overall tempo and the movements, and the, it was just good straight from the start, and the crowd got into it, didn't he? I think you know that's another thing. What we talk, well, I hate talking about this because this we we talked about the atmosphere the other day, but I think 
in in that type of game last night, the League Cup, I think there was an awful lot of people that wouldn't get a, a ticket for that game. People who, who who didn't take up, you know, the um the auto scheme, and and so you got you got a more a younger sort of fan base last night. And you could tell from the crowd as well. The crowd was really, really up for it. And it was terrible conditions. Like Ben said, some people who were going to the game were a little bit flat thinking, we don't know what we're going to get. And I, I think, all in all, I think that raised the tempo and made it made the start it was. Ben, do was it? For me, I mean, you're in the cop like I am. But the, what I noticed sort of from the, you know, right from the off, really, was there seemed to be a new energy and a freshness about about the midfield, really. With And I know supposedly I played the midfield, but it just looked, though, with, with you know, Elliot brought energy to the, you know, to the right-hand side. Curtis brought, you know, energy and a steadiness to the left-hand side. And as... As Mike touched on before, the fact that we had Darwin down the left, it gave us that pace out wide that we hadn't had, you know, in, in against United. And again, another one, another name I'm going to put forward to who sort of really helped with the energy was Joe Gomez down the right. You know what I mean? So I don't know whether you got that that same feeling that I got from where I was stood on the cock was that there was a there was a freshness and energy about the team. There was, and I'd like to add another name into it, Endo. Like I thought he played really well yesterday, possibly his best game. He seems to be, I don't think he'll ever be a guaranteed starter for us by any stretch of the imagination, but he does seem to be growing into the shirt now. Um, but I think the big plus point for me yesterday, um, and it probably shows the difference between our squad and West Ham's, there was a hunger, wasn't there, for all of the from all of the players that came in. Whereas you could argue from the from West Ham's point of view, it was the complete opposite. Um, it was like, I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but a couple of the players are going to give you again a massive headache for this team selection coming up on Saturday night. Um, but I thought the likes of Curtis Jones and Elliot, who was more, I'm not quite sure what position he was playing in it. He was more attacking, wasn't he? Um, yeah, in the front three. And it did seem to suit him. I'm still not 100% sure where he'll end up playing for us, as truth be told. But I thought, you know, him and Jones grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck yesterday, um, especially in the first half an hour. Jones, um, Elliot was was brilliant, um, really positive, always getting his head up. I like that you've mentioned Joe Gomez because I thought that I, there wasn't many people picking up how good he's been recently. Um, I think he's slotted into that right-back role really well um, and he hasn't just played there this season as he's played left back a couple of times not as well and centre half but right back he's impressed me because I thought he'd lost a yard of pace with all the injuries he's had but he looks like he's as quick as ever um, getting up and down and can I just can I just come in there you know we just mentioned there about about Joe and his injuries and we touch wood that you know mm. things are going well for him at the minute but it, it could all be to do with with confidence, whereas he, he might not have had confidence in his body yeah. last season, so he might have been sort of playing within himself, if you see what I mean. 
and all of a sudden, you know, he's now had, you know, a run of games in different positions, and it's given the confidence again in his body that he, he can sort of put the accelerator down, if you like. Um, but you know, I thought I do. I think like you, on the most part this season, you know, he's been really good in whichever position he's played. Mm. But for me, I think he's he sort of looked looked a more natural right right back than he's ever done before. Yeah, and I think I think you're right about his injury record because unfortunately it'd be I still think he'd be England's best centre half if he wouldn't have had the injuries. Um I think he, he looked that good when he was younger. I mean the year we won the league, the partnership he had with Van Dyke was exceptional. Um but he, even after he came back from the injuries, he'd always take five to ten games to get back into a rhythm and then unfortunately he tend to pick up little niggly injuries after that. So he's very rarely had a run. Um but I, I think you know he's proven me wrong because I must admit the last year or so, I'd thought if we got a decent offer for him, we might have accepted it, bar the fact that he's homegrown, um, which is obviously worth his favour. But no, he's done really well. And the midfield yesterday, it was interesting what Jürgen said, wasn't it, about Jones at the end of the game, where he says it was good to see him do what we basically tell him to believe in, which is basically don't slow the game down and run at them. Um, but no, I thought it looked really balanced, the midfield yesterday um, and I think what Mike pointed out first of all about Nunes playing on the left is spot on um, it seemed to give him a little bit more belief uh, there was less pressure there's obviously still pressure for him to score but with him not playing as a centre forward there's less of that um, and it did seem he did seem to relax a bit more I'd say and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him there on Saturday Um with Gapo Central, um, but we'll come on to that later. But no, Les, I, I think you're right. The the team looked more energetic and almost like they probably had a bit of a kick up the backside from the manager after the United game. Mike, you know, did, uh, we got rewarded for our good start, you know, with a, with a really good goal from, you know, Sabozli, you know, a really crisp finish from, from distance again. After good work from Kwanzaa, um, and that's something you underestimated really the way he, you know, he, he committed to front front foot defending, won the ball, you know, and set up that that sort of move that led up to Sabozliar's goal, and it was a goal we fully deserved at, at that point because West Ham West Ham weren't really threatening us at all. No, and I and I. I... We, we referred to the weather earlier. I, I wouldn't underestimate how difficult it was to play in that game yesterday because I sit on the third row of the lower Kenny and I got absolutely saturated, but I also got blown to bits. Um, and then you saw the ball bouncing and it was like a Super Bowl bounce of the ball at times. You know, it was really hard to judge. So that made that made shots like uh, Sabozniar's goal even harder to get right. Uh, and and from where I sit, I was near enough behind it, and he and he just hit it like a beach. It was beautiful, um, and uh, it 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 just started the 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 West Ham downfall at that point in time. It looked like you know they they were slightly up for it until they scored, and then after after we scored, they just fell apart. But but it was more down to what 
what we did than what they did, I think. I got really naffed off with the, the radio driving home going, oh, well, Liverpool were quite good, but West Ham were absolutely rubbish. I don't think we let them play. I think that that was the the best counter-pressing that I've seen for a long time from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they never let them... Uh, you know, uh, my seat is probably two-thirds of the way from the Anfield Road end to the halfway line. Um, and and so, so basically, to the right of me is the last third. And we won the ball in the last third so often in that first half. Hard to see it. Won it, wasn't it, for the goal? Yeah, just on the edge of there, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and just slotted it through. But, you know, the, the amount of times Nunes did it, or the amount of times Curtis Jones came forward and Gakpo did it, they just they just didn't let them settle. And that, that prompted a lot of the goalkeeper and a lot of the defenders just kicking the ball out of play, trying to find guys on the wing. And um, superb, really was. Loved yeah, it. yeah, Tom, they, they couldn't match our energy, West Ham. Um, and as I say, the, the goal from Sebastian, I was... As I said, so Mike was well deserved, and now, you know, it was a really good finish, wasn't it? As as, as Mike said, and and it was more than we deserved at, at at the least we deserved at that time, I should say. Yeah, I thought so, Les. I thought but the moment he, he he let fly, that was him, wasn't it? It was well away from the keeper, right into the corner of the net. He was never saving that. I think as. I think Mike makes a good point there because I tweeted something like about about the game and it was like biblical. It was like biblical weather, wasn't it? It's was like the way it, the rain was. It looked like somebody was had, had a hose pipe over the top of the ground and it was like it was coming down, sheeting down all the way through, which made it as as Mike said, made it it, it really more impressive the fact. That we kept control, that we kept pressing, that we kept pushing, that we kept passing the ball well. We didn't give the ball away as like like we did against Manchester United as well. Our passing was a lot more crisper. I thought we found players easier. Players were running off the ball. It, it's in, it's interesting, you know, like when we we, we talk about certain things, you you know, like I, I, something that Mike said about when they what it. It was a point that I was thinking to myself. I was listening for the draw actually coming back, and I was listening to Radio Five with Ali. And um, as we were coming back, Moyes come on and done and done an interview, and he was really magnanimous about Liverpool. He said we, he said a couple of our players didn't really perform as well as they should have done. He said, but he said we've we're in the middle of a brilliant run. He said nine games. He said we've had seven wins, one draw. And a defeat, and um, the defeat was a big defeat. So we said Fulham, but the point he was making, he was said we never got. He said we never got near Liverpool. They were that good, and I, I've never heard David Moyes say that about Liverpool. Yeah, ever. And I think that summed us up. I think. I think another thing I noticed as well I, when I come back and was looking something, we had something like twenty-two shots. I think in the in the in you know in in the I think it was by about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And like, whereas we had similar against Manchester United, I think we only had about one or two on targets, but most of the shots that we were hitting were on targets and and, and were doing, you know, like troubling the keeper. The thing that 
that shocked me the most was it was only one nil at half time. Yeah. Well, Ben, that's a good point that that Tommy made there, and that you know it was a surprise. It was only one nil at half time. Harvey Elliott went close with a good shot that just went past the post, and Gakpo had a header that he that he tried to put in the corner. The keeper didn't move, and it just went past the post. And they would have probably gone in half time, sort of thinking to themselves, you know, we're still we're still in this here. You know, we've got we've got a few cards to play here from the bench. And if I played them at the right time, you know, that could get us back in the game. But it never worked out like that. And Liverpool Liverpool were unfortunate not to go in at the at the break more than one up. But to go in as we did, it was a thoroughly deserved Deserved lead, wasn't it? I mean, I just the other thing that one of me, one of my mates, Steve pointed out to me um, during the match yesterday said one thing he noticed throughout the game, but he, he mentioned it sort of in the first half is that when a Liverpool player sort of made a mistake or made a sloppy pass, one of the teammates were there to pull them to pull them out and win the ball back, and that was a really good sign throughout the night and. The things are hopefully starting to click again. Yeah, but like Mike says, it helps when those if those mistakes happen, they happen high up the pitch, and that's where they tend to happen. Um, you know, they weren't happen on the back line or anything like that. But no, I, I think the the first half, um, if we're just talking about that, was probably the best half of the season. I'm struggling to think of a. 45 minutes where we utterly dominated the way we... West Ham didn't have a shot in the first half and didn't even get close to having one. Um, and I can't remember a game this season, maybe the Villa game where we were impressive, but not to that extent. Um, and to go in just 1-0 was criminal, really, and didn't... If we would have gone in a 4-0, that would have been a fair result, I think, for a fair reflection of the first half, three or four rather than one. But even with the one, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't worried really because I thought the way we're playing, the goals will come. And obviously, you mentioned about their bench, but you know our bench wasn't bad either, was it? So if if anything, if anything wrong would have gone happen, we would have had the likes of Mo and and others, um, Trent to come on. So I was impressed with the attitude yesterday. I can't say the attitude's been bad all season, if truth be told. But yesterday there was just something different, and whether it, whether it was the fact that there was a few younger players, Jones, Elliot, um, Kwanzaa, playing, you know, ready to, you know, grab grab the game and say, you know, I'm I'm a first choice player now. I'm there or thereabouts the team. I'm not just going to be here for cup games. And you look at the the squad, and I tell you what, I look at squads around the country now, and I don't think there's any squad in the country as strong as ours. I think we could do with a couple of players in certain positions, but so could everyone. We only have to look down the road at the 115ers, as you like to call them. But I'd say our squad is better than theirs. They might have a stronger front the first 11, but I think as an overall squad, I think our squad is better. And I think that's proven over the last few years by how well we've done in these domestic cup competitions with our so-called second team. So there's a reason why they're coming in and showing the attitude that they've that they've got because they're ready to play for the first team. Yeah, so Mike, we come out and it was pretty much 
the same right from the first whistle at the start of the second half, and then we we get the we get the second goal through through Curtis, which but it was from really an acute angle, wasn't it? You know, nobody realised how he how he got it in. When you seen it back on the TV, you realised it actually gone through the goalkeeper's legs. Yeah, from my vantage point, I, I and I said it to the guys that stand uh, uh, sit next to us. I was looking to see whether it was going to be Harvey or whatever it was at the back post that he was going to put it across to. And when he when he kind of put it in and, and wheeled away with his arms in the air, we were all quite astonished because it just didn't look uh, like there was any chance of him scoring from there. But what I will say about that one is what a brilliant assist from Nunes. Yeah. yeah. So well, he, he took it with his back, back, back to goal and turned and then just... It was just so perfectly weighted. Um, superb. It's a part of his game, though, isn't it? Really, that the goes unnoticed because you know he's looked at as this sort of you know captain chaos, so to speak. But he has got he has got more to his game about that, and hopefully, hopefully, his performance last night will give him will give him renewed confidence to go forward. Um, but you are right to mention to mention that assist. And it was just at the time as well, wasn't it, that they were getting Paqueteta ready to, or Paqueta, sorry, ready to come on. Um, you know, and he's been, he's been really impressive for them this season. But, but, but as I say, then they, they were sort of then two down and the right was very, very much on the wall for them then. Um, and I think it was mentioned before that, you know, about the counter-pressing and how high we won the ball. And it was exactly the same in the second half. You know, we we were winning the ball really, really high up. You know, they couldn't they couldn't get out and the balls that were going forward were really aimless. And then Tom, at the around about the, the hour mark, off goes Virgil. Um and, and Ibu comes on, Endo goes off, um, and Trent comes on. And um and uh, Salad also comes on, um for who else? Who else went? Oh, so Bosley, I went oh. off and 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 Elliot then went back into midfield, and it, it was th- th- those those changes seemed to be pre-planned, didn't they? After the yeah. you know around about the hour mark, three at once, take your three of your players off, put three more on, and and Liverpool would treating it so much. Not in terms of the way the performance was, or in any disrespect, but they were they were sort of doing it to to replicate a training session of high intensity. Yeah, it worked to a T, less didn't it? You know, like the drop off never came, did it? Sometimes when you you make a lot of changes, you, you get a slight drop off, especially when you've counter pressed so well and everything was working so well. But the drop off never came. The press was was still as intense all the way through. You know, like it. So, I I think over overall, what it did, what it did, it totally demoralised them, didn't it? And all of a sudden, from you know, like from from two nil down, and you brought trends, you brought Salad on, and and you know, like, and you brought everyone. They're probably looking for it as a relief that they've taken Van Dyke off, but like you know, Karate is not a bad substitute to bring on, so. I think overall, I, I, I said a funny thing I said the other the other week about when we were talking about he wants to win the he wants to win this trophy, 
It's about. Do you know what's funny? It it's about it's about how you build a side, don't you? Liverpool won the first trophy and then they roll on from that, and it, it gives them momentum. And I think I think he sees this Liverpool part two or mark two, whatever he calls it. You know the team. He he sees that as a if these win a trophy. That then kicks them off, then doesn't it? It's it's like you get into this winning mentality. It's about just about winning, and I think that's why I think he took it as serious as he did. You know, like he wants to win this, and I I, I think as you what, what you rightly said is we from the moment the changes come on, we look more dangerous. We we look more threatening. Thinking what you said about Nunes is, is fascinating, you know, Les. He has added that to his game because a lot of people said, you know, like he was a goal scorer, but like he never lifted his head up and looked around or he never seen Pope. But he's certainly doing that now, isn't he? I felt a bit sorry for him as well because just before we got to there, he, he clouted the post, didn't he? You know, with a really good shot. Yeah. You know, I, I know like Mo missed it, but he was offside, but. He wasn't offside. No, he wasn't. Was he flat for it, though, you know? No, no he wasn't. For a goal kick. Did he? I thought he yeah. flagged for it. No. He was well onside. He was nowhere near offside. Wow. So, so, like, you looked and you're thinking, this poor lad at the moment, he can't buy a goal. You know, like, it's just not happening. It was Even a hell of a... By the way, Tom, it was a hell of a save from the keeper. I know it the was, keeper, yeah. The keeper got a touch and put it on the post. Did, yeah. And Mo has to go down as... As the sitter of the season, um, when, when it's got out. he doesn't think about things like that. No, he doesn't. Right, he just just walks it off a duck's back. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. but Ben, it was a, you know, Cody, Cody then sort of, you know, really put us in a strong position, didn't he? When he, when he scored a really good goal from the edge of the box, right in the corner, and it was very similar to what, uh, you know, what we were talking about on, on the game on Sunday where Mo had a similar chance and he didn't catch it. And it was exactly the same sort of opportunity, wasn't it? This time, Yo Cody caught it perfectly and it went right into the corner to, to give us a 3-0 lead. And it was it was well more than Liverpool, you know, could have expected to be ahead, you know, at that point. And West Ham were very fortunate to only be three down. Yeah, 100%. I, I just wish that it was the other way around and Mo would have scored and Gappo would have missed. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Agree you, with you there, yeah. You're right. I think it will have done Gappo the world of good, primarily because of the chance that he missed in the first half, which you talked about earlier with that header. I, do, I just don't know if he jumped too early for that one. Um, but it was unlucky, but he still should be hitting the target from there. So that will have done him the world of good. And, Gakpo's, Gakpo's a funny player, isn't it? I can't work out exactly the type of player he actually is. Like when we when we first bought him, I'd never really seen him bar a couple of odd games for the Netherlands. Um, and I'm still working out what he's a ten though, isn't he? And that's the thing we don't play a ten. No, exactly. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure where he'll end up playing for us because I can't see him doing the Bobby role. Um, I can, Ben. Can you? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. He's but got then, the where does Nunes on the left then? I, I, well, I, that's the that's it's where you're fitting yeah. him in. But 
he could play but the Bobby role quite comfortably and score yeah. goals like Bobby. I, I'm, yeah, no, Tom, I, f- I think he could play it. I just don't know if he will. Like, that, that's the yeah. thing. Like, he did play it, though, at the back end of last season, didn't he? And he was he definitely nine, And that's where he started to to sort of get his confidence and get and people started to, to think, oh, you know, maybe we have sort of signed a decent player here because he yeah. had a difficult start, didn't he, when he come in and the you know, the team weren't playing well and he was getting played on the left. Because I don't think he... I mean, he was deemed, wasn't he, to be a winger when we bought yeah. him. Um, but he didn't seem to have that sort of... He's definitely not a winger. Blistered in pace that you would expect no. from a winger. No, there's no way. I, ca- I cannot see him playing on the wing for us. Ooh. I mean, he's played a couple of times in midfield, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And to be honest, I don't really want to see him there either. Um but no, he took his goal really well, and he's definitely got that in his locker. And like you said, Les, that the only team that that goal flattered was West Ham because they should have been more than three goals behind at that point. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I think Sabozlai had his best game for a long, long time last night. Even before he scored the goal, he looked back to the player that we'd seen for the first couple of months of the season. His aggression, his passing, um, it's just his leadership qualities as well look to be back. Um, and his goal, I mean, Christ, he's been, he must love this tournament because he, he, he saves his best goals for it, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, like I thought Gak- Gakpo centrally and Nunes to the left has given Jürgen a headache. Um and like I said, I would not be surprised if we see it again on Saturday, you know. Maybe. Uh, uh, I, I, I think we should. Yeah, no, I do. Because to be honest, as Diaz played, I'd say, well for the first 45 minutes against United. But there's not much end product there at the moment. So I, I wouldn't lose any sleep if he didn't start. And it was Mo, Gakpo and Nunes up front on Saturday. Um, But yeah, like I thought, going back to the game last night, um, it's good for the goals just to be shared around the team a little bit, wasn't it? Um, that can only be a good thing. It was, Mike. And Gakpo's goal meant that he'd scored in every round of the competition so far. So, so that that's good for his for his confidence. And you know, we were cruising the three 0 and then Jared Bowen scored a really good goal for them. You have to you have to give him you know some credit. He got a little bit of luck with the with the bounce after. Kwanzaa tried to take it off him, but he did stuck it in the, the far corner really well. And Bowen is a player who really impresses me, to be fair. And if yeah. you know, if it does come to the push where you know we are looking for somebody to replace Mo, you know, he's English. I would be looking to bring him in because he played mm-hmm. not only can he play down down the same side that Mo plays, but he can also play as a centre forward. Now the difficulty is, of course, with with Bowen, is he's recently signed a new, I think, six or seven year contract. How old is he, Les? He's twenty six. No, he's twenty seven. Yesterday, Les, it was his birthday. Well, yeah. So, so there you go. He's twenty seven. So whether that ship has now sailed because there might not be, you know, they might not see a lot of value in signing. A twenty-seven-year-old for the money that West Ham would actually want, but he is a player who would be high on my list to replace Mo. 
you know, when the time comes. And to be, to be, you know, we all have to be realistic and think that, you know, that's that's not too far away. You know what I mean? It's you know maybe one, two small seasons, Mike. You would you would say. Well, uh, Mo, for me, is either going to go this summer, or he's going to sign a contract and finish his career at Liverpool. Yeah, I think that might. Well, that it's it's it, uh, and and I think he's more like I just I just don't. So he's obviously very rich. Would he really benefit other than does anyone benefit other than financially going to Saudi? Because you're playing in front of, you know, the same crowd as Halifax Town on a on a poor day. You know, I, I, I don't. I'd like to think that he has standards higher than that. I, I do think that the Saudi league will will die a death. I think at some point because you can't persist mm. on crowds of of. 150 people or 750 people. You just can't. Um, and, and and so I'd like to think that Mo will stay. But I don't know. Um, Bowen, I like Bowen, but as you said, he's, he's, he's signed a new contract, which means he'll be very costly. And he's 27. And are they going to invest in massive money for a 27 who's not even... An international, a regular international. I I can't see it myself. You should be. Mind you, might to be fair. That's no. That's no reflection on. No, the, no, I, I know, but that's more. That's more no, but the, but the fact still the remains that you ha- you haven't seen him gain loads of experience at international level. So you could you argue don't the same for Trent. You, you could you could label the same. Yeah. That's what to do with the imbecile. But we're not trying to buy Trent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's that I mean Southgate still picks, you know, um Harry Maguire. You know, when he picked Harry Maguire when he was when he was just sat on and the Calvin bench Phillips as well. United. You know what I mean? And and you just think to yourself, well, you know, you, but that's but that's about know. what what he's got in that position. He's got Saka ahead of him. And uh, Saka's better than Bowen. Yeah, but well, you'd argue, you would argue on current form as well that Bowen should be in the squad if you were picking it instead of Marcus Rashford. Right, yeah. Couldn't disagree with that. Couldn't disagree with that. But to be honest, no, he won't. He, he won't pick. He won't pick Bowen ahead of Rashford. To be honest, yeah. I'm going to be quite controversial here. I'd have Bowen ahead of Saka if they were the same age. Um, I wouldn't. Oh, no. I, honestly, Tom, Saka's no. a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I think Bowen's better. He's oh, playing in a far geez, poorer no. team. And I, I, honestly, I just think he's got something about him. Something, he's something special, Saka. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna develop. Yeah. He's, he's only a baby yet. We talk about... You talk about, like, Curtis as a young player at 21. He's only he's only a baby, this fella. He's... he's, he's He's something special. He, he is going to be something special, that kid. I agree. He's, 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 he really is. He really is. Uh, I he, think Jared Bowen is uh, Bowen is no nowhere near at the, the, the level of that lad. He's going. He's, he's he really is. I do agree. You know what? I do agree with you to a degree, Ben. Right, but the other thing I would say it's it's sometimes easier to stand out in a poor team. Than it is when you're in a really good team, because you you're then going from being 
the big fish to just being another fish. And it would be interesting to see with Bowen if he did get a move to the likes of Liverpool. And, you know, if that happened, you know, he, he would carry on his trajectory and get even better and better and better. Um, but I, I just think, you know, if we, had, if we were lucky enough to have either of them, you know, in the frame and, and get one of them to be Salah's replacements, I yeah. think, you know, you'd be, you'd be more than happy. But just going back to last night's game, Mike, you know, as Tom said there, you know, the, you know, about Mo not worrying about missing the chances, just after they get one back, a fantastic through ball by Trent. And away Mo goes, one-on-one with the keeper, and there was only ever going to be one outcome, oh. a finish into the far corner, and it was a tremendous finish, Mike. Yeah. I, there, there are types of goals that he used to score like the ones on the corner of the area where he always used to curl him into the top corner, where he doesn't seem to do them or doesn't seem to be as successful as those. But that type of goal where he's running through, we've seen it so many times, we've seen it against City, we've seen it against United, he so rarely misses them. And you, you just, you, you, you bet your house on him scoring those. Yeah. It was a tremendous finish. And then, and then Tom, we see we seen probably the goal of the night from from Curtis, who who actually showed some of what um, you know we'd seen from the Curtis, you know when he when he played for the under 18s and and you know he was scoring that type of goal, you know three four five times a season. Yeah, do you know what? Can I just mention quickly about the, the ball by Trent as well? That while Mike was on. 100% right and you know like the ball by Trent was oh, it was exquisite the outside of his foot just perfect do you know like for, for Mo to go on as you say brilliant but as you say Curtis the moment he started slalling through the side it's interesting you know Les you, you, you get the feeling when you listen to Milner talking on the podcast that he's talking about a young player who lost his way at Liverpool and then the old was watching. It's definitely cases he's talking about. I think, think? without a doubt, yeah. But I, I thought it might be Harvey. No, it isn't. It's 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 Curtis. It it but all all the things that they they, they said, like Stephen Gerrard was, well, took him when he first came in the under 18s and and they all you were all worried about his his attitude, the kids that he was hanging around with. You know, like, and he we plays football. Curtis played football with one of our our newest best friends, Veron, and um, all the way through. So we've known about him as a footballer growing up, and he's always been this elite footballer with this amazing, amazing skill. And the only thing everybody, every single person who ever you talk to, is they all they all said when he he was coming through, they, they said, you know, like. He's got everything, but he doesn't take football serious. He's, 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 you know, like he's a joker. He's, he'll hold on to it. He'll do his own thing. But he's an unbelievable footballer. If he, if he can get his head together as a footballer, and like you look at that with, with the way Jürgen keeps, you know, you pick him, and it wasn't, it to me, it wasn't when you look at our run when it started. 
when he moved Trent into the inverted role and he put Curtis alongside him, Liverpool started playing. And until he got injured, he was still going, you know, like a that run where he hadn't been beaten. He's a, he's a tremendous footballer. He's he, he's literally got everything. His goal, just as you said, just summed him up. That's what we used to see when he was 17 and 18. You know, he's banging these goals in, running through people and scoring. And for some reason, he stopped. And what Ben said earlier about Jürgen saying he holds the ball, if, if you've had a pound for every single Liverpool supporter that says to you, Curtis slows the play down. And yet he's not that he, he he doesn't have he's got more tools than to do that, hasn't he? he he's but I do think Tom at times, at times that's an asset that we do need. Somebody yeah. will get the ball and slow it down. But I think what Curtis has got to, has got to learn, and this will this will take his game to another level when he does. And I think Jürgen hinted at it last night in something he said. Yeah. He, he needs to know when to when to quicken it up as well, and at the minute he's got the he's got the slowing it down thing to a T. But I'm just hoping that the goal last night will be one that he'll look at and he'll think of right now. Now that the the, the the sort of penny's gone in the slot, and now I know that when I do quicken it up, what I can achieve, and if he can do that, he'll suddenly take his game to a completely new different level. And I was listening to, and it was interesting today because I'd never had, I'd never thought of Curtis sort of in this way. But somebody made a comparison to him based on the goal that he scored last night, and said, "When you look at that goal, it just reminded you of Steve McManaman." Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But do you, do you, do you know what? There's, it's there, isn't it? You yeah. know, like you can see. There's a tremendous footballer. When he was when he captained the you know the the under twenty ones and the and he won the, the trophy. The other I think it's Carsley was the manager, wasn't he? Yeah. And like he was, they give it to Gordon bizarrely enough as the best player of the tournament. Even though Curtis won, I think four man of the match awards. But like all the way through, he, he played like different roles in this in this England side, and they were all saying. He was on par with everyone. Do you know, like there was no one better than him. And, he, and uh, as you just open that, this is the thing now, which, as you said, as we've I mean, all said, this is the thing that kicks him on. And you say, this will be the thing that drives him. And we, he becomes the player that he has the potential to be. Put it this yeah. way, Tom, if he was like Spanish or French or whatever in that tournament and we would have signed him this summer, yeah, he, he would have been a superstar, Ben. Yeah, yeah. He would have been a superstar. Yeah. But the thing is, you make it you make a good point there, Tom. Because if you remember when that tournament was on, Liverpool were heavily linked with both Kone and Taran. Yeah. Right. And all if you if you looked on Twitter, the fact that Curtis was the was getting all applauded and the best as being one of the best players in the in the tournament. And yet, Saran and Coney were sort of just getting average, average reports. It was like Coney and Saran were the ones who everybody was talking about, and not Curtis. And Ben's <laughs> hit the nail on the head there by when he said, "If he'd have been, if he'd have been Spanish, and, and Liverpool would have been linked with him in that tournament, and people had watched him play, 
the Davide just saying, you know, pay whatever you want, whatever you want to get him. But you're spot on, Tom. He's just, he's got, he's got everything to be an absolute superstar. And that's, that's the, that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? It's, you were, we're all open that he, he pushes on. The same with Harvey Elliott, Les. I thought Harvey was brilliant last night. You know, I, like, thought, I thought last night was the best I've seen Harvey play when he started the game. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. agreed. Yeah. So and that was that was in both positions as well because I'd never really seen him ever to be able to be good enough or quick enough to be able to play on that right side of the attacking role. But last night, I thought, you know, to me, it's one of those where I'm still not convinced that he's got he's got the goals in him or the actual pace that you need for him to play there. But and you wouldn't want him to play there, say five, six, ten games on the bounce. But an odd game here and there, he can yeah. do a job. It, it's 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 good to see. And as as Ben said before, it's going to be very very interesting to see the midfield he puts out on 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 on, on a Saturday night. Yeah, Ben, you mentioned before. Uh, that you were impressed with Endo, and I totally agree with you. I thought he was tremendous again last night, and I think that you know in the last in the last couple of games, you know he's played he's played really well. He seems to be getting a tune now a bit, you know, to the pace of the Premiership, and also getting accustomed to the role that he's being asked to do playing for Liverpool. But I did think he was he was particularly good for the hour he was on the pitch last night. Yeah, he's getting better with every game. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm still yet to be convinced that he'll be a guaranteed starter for us, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if we ultimately do get another number six probably in the summer. Um, but he's certainly proven himself to be a more than capable player. And he, and I've said it on the pod a couple of times, like he seems to be really well-liked among the, the squad. You can tell that he seems like a decent lad and Jürgen obviously likes him. Um, and he, he he scored a couple of goals for us as well now, hasn't he? So, he, you know, he's got that in his locker. And I, I'll hold my hands up. I'd never heard of him before we were linked with him. Um, so I knew absolutely nothing about him. But from reading about him, he seems to be loved by his former club. Um, like the fans were devastated when he left. Um, he was the captain, wasn't he, I think? And the leader of that team. Um, so he's obviously got something about him, but he was good last night. And it, what impressed me was just his positioning. It does seem to be getting better. Like I thought the first couple of months, he was getting caught out on the turn quite often. Um, but I saw like a, is it a heat map um, for the positions and stuff? Yeah. Basically, he, he was almost like the in line with Van Dyke and Kwanzaa when we had the ball. He was like the pivot. He just allowed the likes of Trent to do the inverted role and just provide that cover. And that's exactly what we need if we're going to do that inverted role that we need, like a Fabinho kind of player that's going to, you know, catch out um, any um, mistakes that Trent makes up the pitch when he's left up upfield. And I, I do think he is getting into that a bit more. So, again... Would you be surprised if he started on Saturday? 
You wouldn't be really, would you? Um, no, and the be... fact that he went off after an hour last night, it's like he's saving it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is going to start. You know, at the at the weekend. But just coming on to you, Mike. You know what we're we're just talking about, Endo. You know, let's not forget that it took Fabinho around about exactly right time. You know, to be able to to settle into a new league and get get what the the manager wanted wanted from the role that he was asked to play. And you know, I, I, I tend to agree with what Ben said there in that you know you don't really see him being you know in your first choice eleven if you were playing in a you know, in a, in a Champions League final as such. Um, but he's a very valuable squad player who can, you know, who can come in and do a job in exactly the circumstances that we're asking him to do at the minute and also can come off the bench as he proved against Fulham and also get you a vital goal from time to time, which to be fair to, you know, some of the midfielders that, you know, who had other attributes really that, that, that have, that have brought his great success over previous seasons. You know, when they were replaced in the summer, in the last season or so, they were they were producing that that goal threat. It's uh, I, I, I'm totally aligned with Ben on on Endo. Um, uh, he's not a long term solution. We signed him when he was thirty. So it was never going to be a long-term solution. It, the only way you... We signed Thiago at 30, I think, but he had a far higher expectation and reputation. So Endo is, is a squad player. And we we are, we are... Our league is different to other leagues. So you are... You, you're a foolish if you expect the player to acclimatise. Some do acclimatise really quickly. Um, but you're foolish to expect everyone to acclimatise really quickly. He's he's getting the the pace of it. He doesn't. I think again, as Ben said, doesn't get caught on the turn as much as he did. He got caught a lot at, at Palace that way, which is not long ago. However, the last two games he's played really well. I think it's partly down to the fact that we've stopped giving him stupid balls when he's got three people around him. Um, uh, and he and, and maybe part of that is he's finding different positions to receive the ball, but he's learning and he's valuable and he's experienced and he uses the ball well. The only way he doesn't start in that position on Saturday is if Trent starts in that position and Gomez starts at right back, and I can't see that happening. No, yeah, so. Right, on, on that note now, we'll, I'll go round and ask you for your player of the match. So I'll start with you, Tom, first. Uh, do you know, as most of the names have been mentioned, I thought, thought like everybody played well, really, didn't we? I think everybody's been had, had a mention since Joe. I even thought Costas played well. Give a mistake earlier on, but like I thought overall he'd done all right. I think everybody played really well. But like it's got a curses for me all day long. I thought he was bad thought he, he never stopped working. He, he pressed from the first minute he said he pressed still pressed in the last so it was curses all day, Les. Ben Exactly the same. I, I don't think it could be anything anybody other than Curtis, but honourable mentions to Harvey, Endo, um Gakpo and Nunes as well. <coughs> So, yeah, but for me, uh, Curtis. Mike? 
If I'd been given it on the first half, I'd have given it to Harvey. Uh, a half time, he had been the best player, but I'll go with Curtis as well with the whole game. Yeah, I think it's a full house for Curtis because I'll go with him as well. But Joe Gomez really did push him close. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah. from both from his performance, both at right back and when he went to left back. And if he'd have actually scored that run, where he pulled off a decent save, yes. even though Curtis scored, would have scored too. That would have tipped it in the scales of Joe Gomez, but I thought, I thought Joe Gomez was tremendous last night. And somebody else I want to give a mention to before we finish because his performance hasn't really been mentioned tonight. But he was like he was just playing with the slippers on last night. Unbelievable! Tremendous. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and so was, was best, Leslie. Yeah, and so was Bonds of the way. And in fact. You know, of all the players that come on the pitch, or they were on the pitch last night, I don't think there was anybody you'd give, or you would have give less than an 8 out of 10 for, to be honest. And even when young Conor Bradley come on, with his first touch, yeah. he put a ball through to Mo, and Mo whacked it into the cock with his right foot. Mm-hmm. And you'd have thought, you know, what a confidence booster that would have been for Conor if Mo had yeah. shoved that in the top corner. But yeah, it, it was a really good performance. I hope it's a performance that they, they take into the game on Saturday night. But just before we go on and we start having a quick chat about the game on Saturday, Tom, Fulham in the semis over two leggy confidence? Yeah, you've, all, you've got to be confident. I, I don't read nothing into that 4 3 game, Les. I, I really don't. I think we Kelleher played his first game and made a couple of mistakes in the first. In the first in the first game, I think I, I can't I, I can see Liverpool score. I think we'll go really strong when we play them at Anfield, and I think we'll build up a lead. And I, I can't see them even if the even if the what's it called that they'd be too strong for Fulham over two legs. I think Ben um, Buffer Buffer and Arrogance Onana penalty. We'd have been facing the two legged uh, derby. Semi-final, um, I don't think, you know, as much as we dominate, you know, the games against our, you know, our blue, our blue, the blue quarter of the city, you know, I'd have, um, or the minus tens as they're now known to some, I'd have, you know, I, I much prefer a game against, a two-legged game against Fulham. And you're confident that, you know, with the two legs will do enough to, to book our trip to Wembley in February? Just to go back to Everton, I would have loved to have played them in the semi-final, you know. Oh, I, I genuinely know. would. Like I know like my dad wouldn't, Christ, he wouldn't. Neither have would I. Um yeah. but I did laugh when I, when they went out. I must admit, I, I do think it's hilarious every time they go out at this competition. But anyway, no back to Fulham. Um I've I think we'll go through comfortably. And I think I think we'll win the competition. I, I genuinely do. I think it's got Liverpool, Chelsea in the final again written all over it, which is a bit of a pain because I hate going to Wembley against them. The the, the oh. fan base, I just cannot stand them. There's always trouble. Um, but hey ho, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but I think we'll go really strong against Fulham, and I, I think we'll beat them home and away. If truth be told, like, um. It was it um Tom that said about the four three not reading into it like um I agree like I, I I think that game was just a bit of a hiccup so 
yeah, I think um, I'm looking forward to it now. Mike, yeah, yeah. I have to turn. I have to say to you, and I haven't told you this, but I have to turn you the um, me phone onto silent on Tuesday night because I was watching the game on the telly, and I didn't know whether you were ahead or behind me when you were <laughs> the commentary on the on was happening with the penalties. Yeah. yeah. So we had to turn my phone off while I was watching, but me, me, but because my phone is sort of connected to me watch, every time you send a text, my <laughs> watch was vibrating. So I didn't know whether it was good news or bad news. And uh, but yeah, you, you, I read your commentary afterwards. It was, it was quite good. But kept, um, kept me, kept me going all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Mike, so are you, are you confident that we that we see the job through in the? Against Fulham, uh, I, I think we should not underestimate Fulham because they've got some really good players. But we have also got to bet for bet, bank on ourselves to beat them. We really have to. And I would say home and away. We we ought to be beating them home and away. Mm-hmm. End the story. And I've just the annoying thing about this is I've just learned that the Carabao Cup final is on the day of the uh, Luke game when I'm supposed to be getting hospitality uh, at Liverpool. Oh. Um, <laughs> you joking. So, so if they put that back now, if they put that back now to after the, the walk, then... Um... Yeah, I mean, it probably will be after the walk if we get to the final because you just... be crowded, yeah. yeah. Fit it in. Could you get hospitality at Wembley? Uh, no, I don't. Well, yeah, they're not going to get, invite me on the pitch to talk to the crowd, though. Are no, they? that's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to. I'll have to try for the Burnley game, which is two weeks before. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm confident that we'll get through. And one one thing to point out, lads, if you haven't, um, if you're not already aware of this, but the last time Liverpool played West Ham in the League Cup quarter final was in 1983, and we beat them 2-1 at Anfield, and we went on to win the League League Cup that season. So Mm -hmm. let's hope that's a good omen to take for the season. So um, we move on, and I'll start with you, Tom. We've already had a few sort of discussions during the the look back at the the game last night about what Jürgen will go with in with regard to the team that starts against Arsenal at the weekend. And you do wonder, don't you, whether you know, he might be tempted to start Joe Gomez at right-back against um, against Martinelli. You know what I mean? Um, and you've got Kostas up against Saka. And, you know, because if, you, if you're going to move Trent into midfield, go from the inverted right-back into midfield, then... That could leave a bit, a bit of space for Mar- Martinelli down that side. Yeah. So, what, what do you yeah. think? It's a good point, that Les. I never really thought because if Trent is vacating that space, they're going to exploit an RDD. You know, like and you see, it's interesting what Jürgen was saying about the, you know, about the crowd and um, and about they'll have had a week to work on a game plan, and you think you would imagine they're going to be working on that that theory, aren't they? Of, Trent is going to be in the right back position, and he's gonna he's gonna go walk about. Um, how they will get the best to the ball to Martinelli, so you could have a good that could be a really good shout that Les. They would that wouldn't surprise you. I mean, I've seen you shaking your head before, 
about the thought of you know maybe Trent starting in the six, or you know on Saturday, Ben. But that is something to think about, isn't it? With with your Martinelli down that side, and if Trent vacates that too much, then you might get an overload down that side with you know with Dibu having to having to go out, and then you've got Odegaard making the runs into the space to. That if you leaves, if he's having to go over and cover for Trent, possibly. And I, I don't argue with what you're saying, but ultimately, we're at home, and I, I don't think that we should be worrying too much about them, and we should be playing on the front foot and let them worry about us. And I think if Trent plays as the the right back in the inverted role, which I believe he will, like I, I don't think for any Jurgen hasn't started him in mid- midfield, has he? And I don't think this is the game to do it. Um, so for me, I don't think it's going to happen. And I'd be very, very shocked if it did. And I think, like what I said earlier about Endo playing in midfield and offering a bit more cover now, I think that's the way to deal with Martinelli or Saka when Costas or Trent go forward. And I think if Trent plays in the position, which I think he will do, is right back. It's one of those games where he won't be bombing forward at every opportunity because... It's not that kind of game. He'll do it when the the moment's right. And if you can remember the game against them last season, it was Trent that ultimately got us back into that game when he had a go at. Um, well, it was Shaka, wasn't it? He pushed yeah. his head. Yeah, and, 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 and thought, uh, yeah. It, that was the turning point, wasn't it? Um, so for me, Les, I, I'm not Arsenal are a great team. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not belittling them here. But we're playing at Anfield and we shouldn't be thinking about what other teams can do to us. It's what we can do to them without being arrogant about it. Um, I don't think we should change how we play to accommodate them because if we do what we can, we'll win the game. Um, I firmly believe that. So for me, I'd go with our strongest team. And right now, our strongest team is Trent at right back. Right. So in Pete's absence, have you wrote your team down for... I have, yeah. And so, before we move on to Mike, go on, let's yeah. see what you've got. So, I've got um, Kelleher in goal. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. Ali, Trent, Verge, Ibu and Kostas. A midfield of Endo, Sabozlai and Jones. And then up front, Gakpo is the central one with Darwin and Salah either side. Mike, have you got any any sort of changes to that? I, I, I think I think I think that's what he'll pick. I think mm. that uh, the the, the I, I said the argument about earlier for for Gomez, but I think it's been quite rightly said. You know, we have to take the game to them. Uh, what I would also say, uh, if you remember the Manchester City game when Trent played at right back he didn't press into midfield constantly like we've seen him in some games. He stayed pretty much as a right back, occasionally drifting in. And and I think certainly in the first half, that's a way for him to play it, to play it as a right back um, and and to, to kind of even give us a bit of width occasionally down the right rather than in the middle. Um, because I think... Um, Curtis Jones does that work in the middle. Um, 
brilliantly. Uh, and even if Gravenberch was fully fit after after last night, you can't drop Jones. Yeah. So I, I totally agree, Mike. Tom, do you would you make any changes to that team that Bennett Bennett named? I'd like the idea of, of, of playing Gakko and Nunes up front because I think that would cause them some problems. But you know, I just I just got a feeling that he'll go with Diaz instead of instead of, of Nunes. I think he might leave Nunes on the bench. But I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, isn't it? He might he might leave Gakko on the bench. It's you, you don't know. He's he seems to favour. He seems to favour Nunes, Nunes, Diaz, and, and Mo. That's been been the run. Although I don't, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't like to. That I, I, I wouldn't like to call that. That Les. I think he. I, I think he'll wait. He, he'll have a plan. Um, I don't. Um, I, I don't know if Endo. I, I think he's, he's he's improving no end, and I think he's getting better every game, but. I'd be a bit worried, I think, with Endo in the in the six. I really would. I think with especially against them in midfield, where I don't particularly like Bryce. And I, 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 where I do agree with both the lads. I, I, I think we're a better team. I think we're a better team than Arsenal. I think if if we play to the best of our ability with the players that we've got, we will beat Arsenal. At Anfield, I have no doubt about that. If 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 we play to the best of our ability, I think cases will get around. I think cases will get around. Um, Odegaard and he'll get around. Uh, he'll have a, he'll be around. He'll sniff around. What's his name as well? Around Declan Rice, the way he presses and he constantly presses. You know, so I think cases is, is a is a definite starter. Okay. So I'll you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I tend to think probably that it'll be the team that the Ben has named, and that's I like the I like the way last night that uh, from time to time as well the both Nunes and Gakpo interchange with each other. Yeah. So I think that sort of gives us a bit of another dimension as well, and the fact that Gakpo scored last night and he got taken off as well near the end. Um, I think that could be an indication that he does start, but you can never second guess Jurgen. But I, I think that you know, and Joe Gomez, by the way, and Harvey Elliott could both count themselves really unlucky, you know, not mm-hmm. to be in the starting eleven. But football's changed now, isn't it? And the fact that you don't start the game doesn't mean that you're not going to play an important part. And if one system doesn't work, then you know, hopefully maybe Jota might even be fit enough to go on the bench. I was Jota. just going to say that to you, Les. Is he, is he fit for the bench? Well, we don't know. We'll probably find out maybe tomorrow at the press conference. I mean, mm. um, Pep Linders did say when he did the the press conference prior to the West Ham game that they hoped to have Jota back in team training towards the end of the week. Now, whether this game is going to come too soon for him, and it'll be more like the Burnley game where he'll be back involved. I don't know. But maybe maybe just might be fit enough to, to take a place on the bench and play the last maybe 15, 20 minutes if needed. God, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. To have him on the bench, my God, you know, like, he, 
just for, for him to come on, he's worth a goal or anybody in, a, yeah, in any type a, game. He's got a good record against Arsenal as well, hasn't he mm. scored? Yeah. So, so that'll that'd be a massive plus. Yeah. So, Ben, I'm going to start with you. Prediction time. Ooh. I'm going to go 3 1. Mike? 2 1. Tom? 2 1. And I'm going to go for 2 1 as well. So, mm. there's a, a very positive end to this edition of the Late Flag. I'd like to thank Tom, Ben, and Mike for joining us tonight. And as he always end the podcast by saying, justice for the 97. You'll never walk alone. And see you all next time. Thanks for listening.